The Start On Demand. On demand. The incredibly mild weather continues. It was a beautiful weekend, punctuated with that magnificent hoar frost on Saturday. That's getting a lot of people outside, which is getting some people to say, is it too peopley out here? What do you think? It's Monday, which means our weekly visit with Bob Irving. and We checked in with him today to talk about the wild weekend in the NFL. We also speak to local company Voke Sportswear, which has launched... A really snazzy Montreal Expos collection. And Greg found a tweet over the weekend about a Winnipeg woman who got locked in a cemetery. Where have you been trapped? Where have you been stuck? We've got some great stories on that front. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Monday, January 11th podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, it is Monday, and feeling pretty happy this morning, because I got to admit, um, I had a great weekend, A, but B, Greg, have you ever seen anything as lovely as the hoarfrost that was on display on Saturday? I have to confess, uh, Winnipeg is looking as beautiful this winter as it does some summers. I think we're falling in love with our city and our ability to be outside some of the incredible community initiatives and skating rinks and the different outdoor skating rinks on the rivers and on the ponds. And I know the city says you're not supposed to be on the ponds. Let's push that aside. Loren, it feels like people are falling in love with winter in Manitoba. Well, there's just no excuse right now, right? Like the temperatures are gorgeous. And we're going to get into that with Kayla Evans in our next segment, just about what we're looking forward to this week. But there's just no excuse. You're outside and you keep saying to yourself, man, I don't know how many times I've remarked that. Like, even though I just go up to take out the trash or put something in the recycling bin and 47 times later come back in, still really nice out there. Still really nice out there. And then that hoarfrost, my God, it was gorgeous. Uh, it had me actually Googling hoarfrost as I tried to explain it to the kids. So. Oh, yeah? What did you learn? Well, okay, so I, I've always known, I mean, I knew that was the name, but I think the origins of it, that H-O-A-R means it's like an old English term for uh, aging, I think, or when you're looking old, so it resembles like graying hair. Okay. And so that's the, from what I read, that was the the reasoning behind that word, that it's like the ice crystals, they look like... Um, an old man's beard or <laughs> silver or whatever. Oh, I don't cool. know if there's an, a more technical term for it. But the first result I found, that was what it had to say. It was just about how it um, is this old English thing. But then, of course, it mm. goes into the science behind it. And it's the process of what happens when the air mass is above freezing and all sorts of things that I don't really understand. So I'm going with old man's beard. <laughs> I, wish, I wish my old man's beard looked as beautiful as that horror frost. Yeah. Well, the science behind it is that's an old man's beard, kids. Right. Move on. Go, go tell that. that to the school and see if that gets you anywhere. Yeah, because I Saturday I went out uh, just around noon to Bois des Esprits, which is in Royalwood. It's that forest with the uh, that where they someone's gone in and carved out some of the trees. There's a, you know, I put it, some pictures on my Instagram if you want to see at Brett McGarry. There's one that has an owl carved into it, and another one with a hummingbird, and you see all kinds of deer scattered around in there. So that was cool, and it was neat because inside the the forest, most of the, the bulk of the trees just from below the canopy were not frosty. So it was like frosted tips. It was like being in a 1990s music video. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, 
man, you just took me back with that one. Frosted tips. I forgot all about the I immediately frosted tips. <laughs> sorry, Loren. I well, immediately. Well, and then you'd run into someone, sorry, like 10 years later, and you'd be like, oh, boy. Still, still doing that, huh? Frosted tips, eh? <laughs> I was thinking about a uh, f- former uh, manager around here years ago who was famous for his frosted tips. I, anytime I hear about that, I think about that. And then on Sunday, I went down to, because I saw, so Friday night, or Friday afternoon, let me go back to Friday afternoon. I'm walking home from work Friday afternoon, and they are the, the skating trail has been groomed on the east side of the Osborne Bridge. On the west side, nothing yet. Six hours later, I go outside because I see that they officially opened the skating trail from the Forks to Osborne. And then I look on the west side, and they've already carved the path all the way around the bend. So I think, oh, I guess they're getting ready to open that up soon. And they did extend this, the cross-country skiing trail and the walking trail from the Forks all the way to the Hugo Docks, but the skating trail officially wasn't open yet. So I went for a walk yesterday on the river trail from Hugo. People were skating, so I thought, oh, I guess they've, I guess they've opened it, but I don't know if the Forks opened it or if somebody just moved one of the barriers and said, this looks good. So there were dozens and dozens of people out there skating. I know a lot of people have described it. Like the, uh, one person I saw on social media went outside the other day. <laughs> she said, I went outside and then I thought it was too people mm-hmm. So I went back in. There's a lot of people saying that about the dog parks, about Kildonan Park, Assiniboine Park, the Forks in particular. I think people are a little concerned that there are too many of us taking advantage of this beautiful weather and the skating trails and uh, the different uh, parts of winter that we're loving right now. But um, how do you... How do you balance that out, Loren? I think that's the that's the challenge we're having right now. Public health orders are need to be outside, and I'm not I'm not sticking up for the need to be with people, but I am sticking up for the need to be outside. For sure, and I think as long as you feel like you can keep your distance from other groups, which is that six feet, then that for me is my comfort zone. If I go for a walk and I feel like I'm repeatedly passing people and trying to move out of the way, and you know that 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 becomes a different sort of crowded feeling, and I think you have to judge that on your own personal um account the problem is is that you put a lot on the people that are hosting these things right and so we all have to take some personal responsibility or they or they you know who's to say they wouldn't get shut down and so there's been so much good that have come out with this i was reading in in a steinbeck online this weekend that two different communities like la brokerie and saint pierre jolie they've created skating trails within their parks there right much like the forks is that trail before the river freezes that you can skate on often or maybe you were just saying brett that they're working on it now these parks, they've gone and created skating trails on land at different locations. So there's been all this good that you hope that in years to come it sticks around that these different towns and communities and neighborhoods have come up with. And so I think if we want, A, to have it stick around for a few more weeks and then maybe some longevity to it, we need to respect, you know, take a look and say, am I pushing it? Am I the person that's going to be adding to too many people on this path or trail or river this morning? So in the meantime, with Level Red being extended, uh, Loren, not much else you can do. Like our Global's Abigail Turner posted something funny on uh, social media yesterday, a picture of an animal walking funny saying, this is me just going for my stupid little daily walk every day. Because really, what else can you do but go for a walk? 
Yeah, or like the number of times I volunteered to shovel the driveway or shovel our outdoor rink in the backyard or just get outside to do something is pretty funny. I, I actually said to my husband the other day, I think I've shoveled more this winter than I have in their whole life at this house in 10 years because I'm just, you know, it's, it's an activity, right? And that goes for the number of people you're seeing uh, on skating rinks, on the river trails, and of course on on toboggans. I know lots of so- stores have sold out of toboggans because- Come people, on! Yep. I talked to a guy who runs a, a sports store. First of all, he never anticipated ever selling toboggans until level red restrictions came in. And then he decided, you know what, I got to expand my business and add to it because people can't come and buy their hockey equipment or, you know, all the other things they'd normally be getting this time of year. So he added toboggans to the list and he's now waiting for his second shipment for them to come in. Um, Pemina Source for Sports was chatting with him on the weekend. And so I think that there's just more people jonesing, for lack of a better word, to be outside. And then that has people also saying, are there too many people? (laughs) In any other time, would you ever say, this is too many people outside? No. But yeah, sometimes you get to a park or you get to a, a hill and you think to yourself, I'm not sure if I should be adding extra bodies here. Mm-hmm. So remember how you used to chastise me for the state of my garage, and I purged so many things out of my garage over the summer. It's very organized. Oh yes, <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> several no, high quality toboggans that had not been used for several years. Crazy carpet like devices uh, with the crazy carpet, that plastic bottom and a foam body sort of shaped like a rocket ship. I bet you I gave away or set at the end of the driveway close to half a dozen of those. So I could have been selling those on Kijiji. You see, this is why you hold on to things because you just never know when you're going to need them or when they might be valuable. So once again, I'm proven right. My hoarding ways... Uh, are an economic benefit if they're allowed to continue. So I, I'm not throwing anything out again. See? <laughs> Just like that. Well, you live near Kilcona Park. Did you take one of those crazy carpets out down the hill? I gave them all away. I don't have any more left. Oh. You don't. You didn't keep a toboggan for yourself? No. Not just to even, like, don't you use no. them to haul things? That's how we often get around if we're going to a neighbor's house or I guess oh. you're not doing that anymore Mm-mm, either. But no. you put things on the sled and then you, you mm-hmm. drag over your potluck dishes. But again, can't do that now. No. Well, I, can I just say I tried a crazy carpet last week for the first time in years. Man, those things can fly. <laughs> they oh. really fly. Absolutely. <laughs> did, you, did you take any sweet jumps with it? <laughs> no. These days my kids are using... Used, into using the toboggans as snowboards, like mom, try standing on it, right? Oh boy, not happening. I not. yeah, I I tried that when I was a kid, and it, it always led, it always ended in a disastrous fashion. I'm not balanced enough to do that, and salute anybody who is skilled enough to do that. But Greg, that's too bad that you didn't keep one. At least, what about the twin towers? Are they too old for that now? Yeah, not really their thing anymore. Oh. So you see, I could have had some in stock. I could have had a major sale. Would have been great. Could have paid for a couple oh, of... Oh, you would have been that guy making out on Kijiji, though, and we would have had to yell at you. Why? Making out in a pandemic, selling things when we need it the most. Come on, man. Toboggan hoard. You're like a toilet paper with that toboggan, too, you're going to sell it? Supply and demand, McNabb. It's the way of the capitalist world. Uh, let us know what you think on any of this. 204-780-6868. In the mean, is it too people out there for you? Let us know. 204-780-6868. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, we have 
a Winnipeg Jets jersey to give away, and it's going to be given away based on your text messages at 204-780-6868. On the subject of, have you ever been trapped somewhere? Ever been stuck somewhere? Ever been locked in somewhere? Or perhaps trapped in an awkward situation? And Greg, you found a tweet on Saturday, I believe it was, that kind of loops into all of this stuff. Yeah, so uh, Shamie Jean, at Shamie Jean on Twitter, tweets out, and I guess she hadn't been on Twitter for quite a while, in capital letters, can someone help me? This is at the city of Winnipeg. I'm locked in a damn cemetery. (laughs) (laughs) My God, this was not how I imagined my return to Twitter. But for real, city of Winnipeg, the security locked me in and my car in St. Vitale Cemetery and drove away. If this is a metaphor for my 2021, I would like a redo, please. So this got all sorts of attention, not only on Twitter, but of course from the city of Winnipeg. They eventually sent someone to let Amy Jean out of the cemetery, but it got us thinking about, boy, oh boy, have you ever been trapped somewhere or caught somewhere where you, you shouldn't have been? Maybe you in a bathroom or something, you come out and everybody, where'd everybody go? <laughs> yeah, that, that's mine, is getting stuck in the bathroom, especially when there's a whole group of people outside of the door and you're jiggling the, the handle and it's making a lot of noise and you're trying to be quiet and then when you get out, everyone is staring at you and you're just embarrassed. Where, where did this happen? Oh, at a party. It's at a party when I was like 18, 19 and everyone's in the living room and the bathroom's right, right beside the living room and uh, get stuck in there and I was jiggling it for like two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, once you figure it out, you, you get out there. Everyone's staring at you, laughing at you because you're stuck in the bathroom, and it's just totally embarrassing. Were you already three sheets to the wind at this point? Yeah. <laughs> of course I was. <laughs> so that's producer Jeff Fortier, Cam Poitras in the sports booth. You got a story about being trapped somewhere? Uh, yeah, I was um, working in Calgary, driving out to Drumheller. I had some friends worked at a radio station there, and they, they were kind of, it was kind of like my cottage, and I would, I would head, rent a car and I'd head out there and uh, one one Friday night and I would get off of work late and I drive out Friday night and there was these old range roads that used to take and I uh, I just I don't know why I decided to take this one range road but um, you, you, they're provincially run roads but this one was more of a um, of a of, of a farmer's uh, road I don't know what it was but my car got stuck in the middle of it in the middle of the night uh, I'm I'm walking to the the main highway. Uh, it was dark. I had my my phone as a flashlight. I have my bag. I'm dragging my bag behind me. I'm hearing coyotes in the distance. <laughs> I'm not sure if they're chasing me or what. And I, I had to call my buddy. He picks me up in a big frantic. Um, and then I had to get my car out the next day. It cost me like three hundred bucks. Uh, yeah, it it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Understatement. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Braun, welcome back, sir. Hey, uh, mine's more of the awkward situation, and I could probably fill like a few hours with these stories. <laughs> but the worst one was eight years ago. Um, I'm at a friend's wedding in London, Ontario, and I meet a woman there, a friend of the bride, and she was from Toronto. I'd met her before, but we hit it off at this wedding, and we sort of did a long-distance Skype calls for a few months, and then in the summer, I said, hey, I'll fly out to Toronto, and like she invited me to come over for the weekend kind of thing, and I get out there, and about two hours into it, we realize this is not going to be a thing, the thing that we wanted it to be, and I had to spend two days with her, and when we both (laughs) knew it wasn't going anywhere, and I had to like... 
hang out with her friends and stuff. And <laughs> oh, she gave me a ride to London and she stayed in London too at the same place I was staying. It was just the most awkward three days of my life. Wow. That three days. That's terrible, man. Yeah. Okay. I knew we could count on you, though, for the awkward situation. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about this. I'm like, I bet you Braun maybe doesn't have a physical story, but I know he's going to have an awkward one. Uh, Loren McNabb, what about you? It was on a flight, um, and I'm trying to remember if it was to Toronto or Vegas, but it was with a girlfriend of mine, and we were, uh, I'll get on the plane, and we sit down, and the plane takes off, and we're like, God, what is that smell? And we're a little bit, cl- we're close to the bathroom, so we're trying to figure out, like, is are we just too close to the bathroom? Like, what's happening here? And we kept looking around, and it was gay-worthy, like, just disgusting. So I'm looking underneath the seat, and I look behind me, like underneath the seat behind me, and I see that this guy behind us has taken off his leather shoes in the summer that he had been wearing oh. with no socks, oh and it was his feet. Like his feet oh. were disgusting. So then the flight attendant comes back. And she's like, "Oh boy, sorry, there's some sort of weird smell back here." And I'm trying to signal to her, like, "It's the feet. It's the feet. <laughs> <laughs> it's feet." Because I don't want to be rude, right? And I don't know a hundred percent it's for his feet. And all of a sudden, she does the exact same thing with me. She looks down. She goes, "Mouths to me." Is that his feet? And I'm like, yes. So she ended up moving us up. Uh, like there was no first class, but she moved us up. We got some drinks out of it. She felt terrible. I felt terrible because the guy's like, why are you guys, where are you girls going? And no one wants to say, man, your feet stink. All right. This is where we're at. So we were trapped in a stinky situation for at least 30 minutes before it was rectified. But all good in the end. That's yeah, that's great. I mean, you put up with some stink, and then you got yourself a little bit of an upgrade. So stuck in some stink, but got a drink. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I sat next to a guy on a plane one time, and the guy was reading what I was reading, and he would comment on it. <laughs> and was he ahead of you in the book? No, and he would like laugh. Oh, you see that? And I was squinching. I had the window seat. I was squinching over to like hide the 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 page from him so he couldn't read. And he did not take the hand. He kept craning his his neck over and reading what, what so I was reading. He was oh, reading off of your yes, book. Yes, he was reading my book. I thought you meant he had the same book Me as you, too. but he's no. just reading over your. He was reading my book. <laughs> And I, he wouldn't take the hit. I was squinching over. I was trying to hide the page from him. He kept bringing his neck over. I couldn't. It was oh, unbelievable. Like that. <laughs> it's one thing to, to take a peek at the movie you're watching on the in-flight television, but to be reading your it was, book? It was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. <laughs> oh, this is great. <laughs> McGarry, you go. You must have a good one for this. Oh, well, how do you compete with what Cam just said? <laughs> uh, but for me... It, I remember when I was a little kid, and it sort of circles back to 4T, getting stuck in the bathroom. I was in Essex, Ontario, visiting my family, and uh, I was we were at this ice cream shop, and I could not figure out how to get out of the bathroom, I guess, as I locked the door when I went in, and I couldn't figure out how to unlock it. So I'm, you know, banging on the door and screaming and crying. It felt like I was in there for an eternity. I was probably in there for like 90 seconds. <laughs> uh, but sure enough, they, when they opened the door, there were like 10 people outside, <laughs> and I had to go running to my mom and started crying. And I think I think she actually made fun of me, like, what the hell's the matter with you? It's just, <laughs> like, just open the door. But so. isn't that weird? Like, even as an adult, like, Forte situation or, or you you find yourself unable to open that door and you immediately start sweating. So it's a panic. I've had that panic, you know, in my thirties and forties, let alone when being a kid, Brett. That's okay. Okay. So I don't feel quite so (laughs) bad about that. Max 
tackling McGarry McNabb. Oh boy, we are getting some great stories at 204-780-6868. You ever been trapped somewhere? Tim says, a couple summers I rode my bike in a Fort White and maintenance locked all the gates behind me. I rode all the gates to get out. Nothing was open. Just so happened Fort White was rented out for a wedding and I ended up running into the wedding party and the groom is like, who the hell are you? <laughs> LOL. I laughed and told him I was locked in. So he told me, hey, there's an open bar. So I wedding crashed the rest of the night. <laughs> Must have been hilarious watching some random guy in bike helmet and shorts dancing and having libations. Good times. Oh, please tell me they were bike shorts too. Like just skin tight bike shorts at a wedding. Beautiful. We, we want pictures, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great story. Keep texting 204-780-6868 for your chance to win a Winnipeg Jets jersey. And Greg, you want to just quickly read Donna's text here? Oh, gosh, this is great. I was working for a boss who had no boundaries, had to be her friend, had to go out for smoke breaks, even though I didn't smoke, had to babysit her children, had to carpool. I was young. I had no backbone at the time. It was the big storm in the 1990s. I guess it's a snowstorm. And I had to go to her home for dinner. I ended up being stuck in her house for three days. They dressed me in their clothes like a Barbie. She forced her children to entertain me. I hate bratty kids. By watching the same Disney movie over and over again. And somehow I ended up having to groom their dogs. It was getting so bad. I called someone who worked for, or worked, pardon me, a snowplow and begged him to save me. I ended up wading through three blocks of waist high snow to get out of there. I was pretty sure I was going to die in a snow drift <laughs> and I just didn't care. <laughs> Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, we are looking to give away a Winnipeg Jets jersey. We're going to give it away at 9.15 based on your stories on if you've been trapped somewhere. This is inspired by a tweet that Greg found on Saturday about someone who got locked in a cemetery in Winnipeg over the weekend and had to tweet at the city of Winnipeg to come save her and get her out. So I don't even know where to start, Loren. Like, we are just getting hammered with text well, messages in a great way. And I think it's worth pointing out that, you know what, that it could be any kind of stuck story. Like our listener who texted to say he got trapped as a barricade for Elvis Stoiko on board an Air Canada flight from Ottawa, Winnipeg, said they tried to take their window seat ready for a nap when who should slide in the aisle but Elvis Stoiko, who, of course, is the famous Canadian figure skater. So then I guess Elvis asked to switch seats. Our listener says, sure. I was planning to nap anyway. The plane takes off with no event, but then the seatbelt sign goes off, entering the parade of 40-something autograph date-seeking housewives, according to Mike, <laughs> with complete disregard for my existence, reaching over me for this autograph over and over and over again from Stoico. He said he spent the entire flight stuck with torsos in his face. So, yep. Mike, you were stuck. That would be annoying. I, you know, I didn't know where that story was going. I thought it was just kind of an interesting story with Elvis Stoiko, and maybe Mike had fallen asleep and was going to trap Elvis Stoiko in the window seat. But of course, Elvis wanted off the aisle, so so many people wouldn't recognize or have easy access to him. That's a good story, Mike. Well done. Greg, you got one you like? I like Adrian's. I was 18 at the time, and a friend and I went to the White Shell. We decided we were going to try to go canoeing. We went through a cave with rapids and it was fantastic. I believe it was at Westhawk. What we didn't realize as we were not Olympic rowers and we could not paddle upstream against the current. Every effort was futile. We were trapped. We had no tent and had to spend the night in the bush. 
was the worst night ever, and I will never forget it. In the morning, we were able to get back with a couple that was morning fishing. Thank God. Have a great day. That's from Adrian. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We want to give away that Winnipeg Jets jersey at 915. Your stories at 204-780-6868 are coming in fast and furious on have you ever been trapped? Have you ever been stuck somewhere? Whether it's like you were physically trapped or you were just sort of figuratively trapped in an awkward situation. You said you wanted to read something from Karina. Loren, what's she got? Well, she wrote to say, when I was eight months pregnant, I got locked in a bathroom stall at Zeller's. After a few minutes in fiddling with the door lock, I eventually realized I'd have to slide out on my back, and there was just enough clearance between my pregnant stomach and the bottom of the door, all while my five-year-old was crying because she thought we would never get out. That's from Karina, and it reminded me of a story when I was eight months pregnant. I had said to you guys this morning I had no stories of getting stuck. And then I remembered uh, when I was on my way back from Israel, I had to work in Toronto for a few months and my husband was in Brandon. And so my brothers had a place there and they invited me to come stay with them uh, as I worked towards the end of my pregnancy. So I'm eight months pregnant. There's this corner shower stall in the bathroom, you know, with a glass door that you can usually barely fit in to begin with. So I squeezed in it that morning, but got in, had my shower and... No matter what I did, eight months pregnant, realized I could not get the door open wide enough for me to slide out. And so I had to yell out, is anybody still home? My little brother's at the door and he's like, what do you need? And I was like, well, first of all, throw me a towel. So he throws me a towel and he comes in and I'm crying. I was like, I'm too fat to get out of the shower. And he had to to go get a whole tool set and take down the door. And I'm just standing there dripping wet with this towel, pregnant. I'm like... This is the most embarrassing thing ever. But yeah, you get yourself into situations and sometimes you need some help oh, getting out. That's not funny at all. I'm sorry, Loren. I'm sorry <laughs> oh, you had to man. go through that. That's and a- perhaps I've told that before. I just forgot no, about it because no, I was like, I have no <laughs> guys, I've got no getting stuck stories. And so thank you, Karina, that's because I forgot epic. about that. We had we laugh about that now. <sighs> Greg, you got one? Yeah, I just got to wipe the tears out of my eyes so I can read it. (laughs) Um, uh, Karen says, in high school, this was in the mid-1970s, my brother put me in a garbage can in the cafeteria. It was one of those big galvanized metal ones. I was in butt first with my arms and legs out. I couldn't get enough (laughs) leverage to lift myself out. He left me there for the entire period (laughs) after lunch. Boy, oh boy, with uh, friends and relatives like that, who needs enemies to embarrass you in the school cafeteria? Thanks for sharing that, Karen. Hillary says, this just happened to my husband and I this weekend, and we're still laughing. We have a cold storage room in our basement. It's jokingly called the zombie apocalypse room, as it has has enough food and booze to keep some fed for at least a month. Everyone who has to go in there jokes about being scared of being locked in. It's never bothered me. Anyway, our son locked us in there this weekend. My husband panicked and was yelling through this big metal door trying to get the kids' attention. I guess the big metal door certainly would help stave off a zombie apocalypse. I was laughing, of course. Figured eventually they'd get hungry and come to find us. They came and opened the door about 10 minutes later. My husband spent the next hour taking apart the door so it doesn't happen again. 10 years never happened until now. (laughs) Yep, that can happen all right. Basically what I'm hearing is that we are all 
should not live alone <laughs> because who's getting you out? Brett, you got you got your uh, speed dial by the shower or your... I always have my phone Garbage uh, can handy whenever you fall in. <laughs> <laughs> I do always have my phone nearby just because the one time I didn't bring my phone in with me while I was taking a shower, I had forgotten to disable my alarms. Oh, yeah. So it's 3.30 in the morning and my phone is on my kitchen counter and it's going off. And it's it, like the, the further away you are, the, the louder the alarm is. Like as soon as you pick it up, it senses that the phone is in a hand, so it sort of calms down a little right. bit. So it's screaming and vibrating. So I'm sure I woke up half my neighbors with my stupid phone. So I always bring it in just in case I forget to disable it. Then I can reach out and turn it off. And uh, I guess if I fall out of the shower while I'm reaching for my phone, <laughs> at least then it'll be in my hand. Good point. Uh, so I can call 911 to come get me out of the toilet as, as I'm sure I'd <laughs> fall into that. Well, if you're ever stuck in the shower, uh, I'm sure one of us will be up to help you out. First call is to Greg, though, okay? Then you can come to me. <laughs> okay. Well, d- well that, yeah, because you might, would you have to put on something other than pajama pants to come Never. save me? Not going to happen. Not this year. (laughs) Not happening. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Keep those stories coming at 204-780-6868. On the times that you have been trapped or the times that you got stuck in at 915, we're going to give away a Winnipeg Jets jersey to our winning text. But I wanted to share a text on something else because we played, uh, Jeff Forte played Huey Lewis, The Power of Love, just before we broke for sports. And uh, Forte and I were talking about how it reminded us of Back to the Future. And Eve chimed in with that exact same sentiment. But this made me laugh. This listener says, Huey Lewis was the first act to play a renovated club regent a few years back. So awesome. Huey talked about writing Power of Love in 1984. And he said with a smile, I had no idea I was going to have to play this every effing night. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, they don't think about that when they're creating those very hummable, sing-alongable songs is that, yeah, you're going to be expected to play it 200 nights a year for 30 years of your life. (laughs) So thanks for sharing that. That's great insight. I miss Huey Lewis. (laughs) Whatever happened to him? He just kind of disappeared. Yeah, he stopped making new music. He was on, uh, he was a recurring character on Hot in Cleveland, I think. Oh, yeah. For a few years. Uh, so I enjoyed him in that role. I, I can't remember which one of the of the ladies he, he dated off and on. I think it was the soap opera actress. That's right. That's right. So keep those stories coming. 204-780-6868. And uh, Loren, what are we doing just after Global News at 9 o'clock with Manitoba Public Insurance? Well, actually, this is something that I know you guys have talked about in the past. They, they're changing the way, I think, if I understand it, a new policy starting this week. When it's time to get a new license plate, you often get stuck with it. Is it a paper piece of paper, Greg, that you get, you stick to your windshield while you're waiting f- for the full license plate? Yeah, it's, so- a te- it's your temporary registration. Uh, right. You know, sometimes if you're, say you're taking a car for a safety and you don't want to put full insurance or motorcyclists so will do this quite commonly. They'll do a temporary registration and all they had to do was was in that situation tape a little piece of paper, which was the registration on the inside of the windshield. Well, now they're issuing temporary license plates starting tomorrow. So we'll get those details just after 9 o'clock. But it is Monday, just after 8.30. 
which means something special. We'll tell you what that is in a moment. A huge weekend in the NFL with six playoff games to distract us from whatever it is we would like to be distracted from. The last game of the weekend marked the end of a long drought for the Cleveland Browns and their fans, including our former colleague Mike Grosvenor, former producer extraordinaire. He is a diehard Browns fan, Greg. Yeah, it was the Browns' first playoff appearance since 2002, so that's not too bad. Their first win since 19. 19- 95, and it was their first road playoff win since 1969. So since before I was born. They didn't make it easy on their fans. They went up by scores of 28-0 and 35-10 at the half, holding on to win 48-37. But guys, we have some breaking Winnipeg Blue Bombers news coming across the email here. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers have re-signed safety Brandon Alexander. Yeah, right and on. that comes, it's a really great to hear that. It's a one-year contract, I believe, and they, the Blue Bombers lost Marcus Sales to the BC Lions yesterday. Alexander signing the restructured Coleros contract. There's been a couple of really good weeks we want to talk about. So, of course, we bring on the voice of the Blue Bombers, Bob Irving. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, you guys. How are you? We're good, thank you. Before we get into all the TV, we know you watched this weekend along with many of us uh, getting hooked on the NFL again. Uh, let's talk about what we've learned uh, just now about the Bombers and some of those key signings. Well, Brandon Alexander is the latest in a long line of the free agents that the Bombers uh, have placed a priority on to re-sign. He's their safety. He's a leader on the defense, especially in the back end, the secondary. One of the players who was outstanding in the Grey Cup game, and he was near the top of general manager Kyle Walter's list of guys that are yet to be signed. And, of course, uh, we know some of the others are with Andrew Harris and Justin Medlock and Pat Newfeld leading the way. But the Bombers have been very busy, as you knew they would be, the last uh, 10 days to, to two weeks re-signing uh, any number of players, Kolaris, Jackson, Jeff Coat, uh, Jeff Gray, Shane Gauthier, Nick Taylor, Nick Dembski, uh, Stanley Bryant, and on and on it goes. And so they're really, you know, cutting a wide swath through the players who were eligible to become free agents, and they have another uh, few days before, well, actually a month before these players could actually go to market. So I think uh, Kyle Walters has done a great job, and I'm not surprised. You know, the players all say the same thing. There's the same theme. First of all, we want to be in Winnipeg. We love it there. We want a championship there. We want to take a run at another championship. And then they reference the culture of the Blue Bombers. And that's a word you hear often in reference to sports teams. And there is no dispute that Kyle Walters and Wade Miller and Mike O'Shea in particular, who's in charge of that locker room, have created a culture here that players want to be part of. Kyrie Wilson is a linebacker who I have my fingers crossed the Blue Bombers will sign. I love watching him play the game, Bob. And, of course, Andrew Harris remains on an unsigned, as you also uh, referenced uh, Justin Medlock and Pat Newfeld on that list as well. Anybody else that uh, Blue Bombers fans should be really hoping they re-sign? Well, you mentioned Wilson. He's a linebacker, and uh, with Adam Big Hill in the middle, some of the other linebackers can kind of get lost in the shuffle a bit, but Wilson had an outstanding year and a very great uh, playoff. Steve Richardson, Greg, would be the other one on the defensive line that I would think would be something of a priority. He was a rookie last year. He plays in the middle there with Jake Thomas, and you know, a guy you don't see a lot during the course of a game, but he did a yeoman service at defensive tackle in his rookie season, and I know they'd love to have him back. So looking at the NFL yesterday, that uh, game that Greg referenced, the the Pittsburgh-Cleveland game, uh, quite the game after all. Well, so here's the thing. I was having dinner, 
and I, I didn't watch the start of the game. And then when we were finished, I, I'd been watching the games all weekend long. I turned the TV on, and when I saw the score, I couldn't believe it. It was 28 nothing for Cleveland. So I called Ed Tate, and I said, Ed, what has happened in this game? This is hard to believe. And he said, well, the Steelers have turned the ball over, and Cleveland looks really sharp. And so you, you basically think the game's over. I think it was 35-10 at halftime. And then the Steelers start chipping away. <laughs> they got within 12 points at one stage, and I'm, I'm certain that Cleveland Browns diehards uh, would have been as nervous and, and afraid as they could possibly be, thinking, oh, my gosh, we're not going to blow this massive lead that we had. Uh, but they held on. They they played very well down the stretch when it mattered. Baker Mayfield, their quarterback, I think has really sort of risen to the, the ranks of quarterbacks who deserve a lot of credit and a lot of praise this year. And on they go now to the final eight in the National Football League. And it's been a long time, long time for Mike Grosvenor and all Cleveland Browns fans. Bob, I like how you phoned BlueBombers.com, Ed Tate, during the game. Are you missing out on game analysis that much that you just wanted to go over it over the phone with him and, and get that out of your system? <laughs> well, Ed and I talk quite a bit during these playoff games because <laughs> we're watching them and we're comparing notes and wondering why teams did this and why didn't they go on fourth down and why didn't they kick a field goal there. Of course, I've often said, and I, I told Mike O'Shea this when he was hired as head coach, I said to him, you know, football is the ultimate game of the second guess. It really is the ultimate game of the second guess. Why did they throw a pass there? Why didn't they run? Why didn't they quarterback sneak? Why didn't they gamble? You know, there's all sorts of things you can second guess in football on every single play. And so, yeah, Ed and I do it. We do a lot of second guessing, as does everybody, right? <laughs> So Tom Brady's going to move on to battle Drew Brees, uh, a matchup I think a lot of people were anticipating since they faced off in the regular season, Bob. And then the Ravens' defense, boy, did they ever look really good against Tennessee. And Derrick Henry, the the guy who I thought might get 200 yards rushing yesterday, which was the best of the playoff games over the weekend in your estimation? Uh, well, the Baltimore-Tennessee game was was good. I I watched the Tampa Bay game, and it looked to, for a while like well, I watched them all. It looked for a while like uh, the Buccaneers might get upset by the Washington football team. The Buffalo Indy game was was very close. I think they were all compelling to some degree, some more than others. Uh, Tom Brady's forty three years old, and he's going to move on to the final eight now with his team. And he had a he had a strong game. I, Tampa Bay missed some scoring opportunities, but they still put 31 points up. I didn't like the look of their defense. The way their defense played, I don't see how they can keep winning. They're going to have to be a lot better. Baltimore and Buffalo, to me, would be it. New Orleans is good, too, but Baltimore and Buffalo are the hottest teams, I think, going into this next round of the playoffs, and they both look very impressive on the weekend. And Buffalo as well, they, they like Cleveland, they haven't won a playoff game since the mid-1990s. How many... Super Bowls in a row did they lose? Was it four? Yeah, they did with Marv Levy, a former coach of the Montreal Alouettes, as their coach. Jim Kelly was their quarterback. And uh, that one call, wide right or wide left, I can't remember exactly what it was, a missed field goal that cost them a Super Bowl win. They have a miserable history in that regard. Minnesota Vikings, too, with Bud Grant, lost a bunch of Super Bowls. Uh, you know, getting there is is something to be impressed by to begin with, but when you lose a bunch in a row... That's what people will remember you for, not the fact that you got there, because it's hard to get there. There's 32 teams in the NFL, and getting to the final two is quite a remarkable feat. But if you keep losing those Super Bowls, uh, people will never forget it.
Yeah, when the uh, Bills were losing all those Super Bowls, you could have argued there were three or four or five teams in the NFC better than the best team in the AFC, but that's a really detailed conversation we don't want to have right now, Bob. The Jets get underway Thursday night. What are your expectations for them before we let you run? Well, I'm excited, first of all, about uh, the games being on CJOB. I think we all are, Paul Edmonds and Jamie Thomas and Kelly Moore, our quarterback, our captain, have everything set up to go. I know Kelly's been working sort of nonstop, uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week to get everything set up. Logistically, the challenge to put it all together is incredible in these pandemic times. Uh, So I'm excited about that. And then Look, I think the Jets have a chance to have an outstanding season. We all know about the firepower they have up front. They've got uh, maybe the best goaltender in the NHL. That's arguable, but he's right there in Connor Hellebuck. Concerns about their defense, but, you know, I think they'll be improved over last year. I think all those players will move it up a notch this year. So I think fans have reason to be optimistic and excited. Who knows what's going to happen? All the Canadian teams, with the exception of Ottawa, all the Canadian teams, I think, uh, have a chance to, to really be pretty good. And the Jets are right in the mix of it. So let's see how it unfolds. It's going to be fun to watch and listen to. Bob Irving, voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He joins us every Monday just after the 8.30 news. Bob, thank you for the visit as always, sir. Okay, you guys. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb every day this week, we are giving away a Winnipeg Jets jersey to herald the arrival of the season Later this week, and today we are asking you to tell us at 204-780-6868 a story about being trapped. We have our winner and two runners-up. Greg, what did Steve have to say? Steve said, my mom had a waterbed, which uh, when pushed against the wall left a narrow channel underneath which my cat loved to use as her lair, (laughs) knowing that only she could easily fit. I was home alone and decided I wanted her attention. Being quite young, I chased her under there and realized once my whole body was under there that I couldn't back up, nor could I maneuver the corner ahead. I spent most of my day trapped there while my cat seemed to mock me (laughs) sitting just outside my reach, quite at ease. Thus, I am claustrophobic. To this day, oh, no. so please, if I win the jersey, not too tight, please. <laughs> Great story, Steve. Uh, unfortunately, you're a runner-up, so you don't have to worry about a tight jersey. Lois also painted a good, a great picture, uh, also involving getting stuck in furniture, Loren. Yeah, this comes right out of a scene out of television. I want to feel like I feel like Jack uh, on Three's Company. This happened to him or something. Like it's something I never actually thought could happen. But Lois text to say, while visiting my elderly mother, I slept on the hide bed one morning while starting to fold the bed up. I'd already done that first step when I saw something laying on the floor at the back of the couch. Instead of unfolding it again or finishing closing and moving the couch to retrieve the item. I set the bed part down, leaving it partly folded, and got on top of it. As I reached down to grab what I saw on the floor, yes, just like in the movies, the bed tips forward and like a big mousetrap, there I am clamped in the couch. (laughs) My small stature mother was not strong enough to open it and get me out, but fortunately... She lived in an apartment block, and we knew a very nice man just down the hall, and he was home. Mom knocked on the door, asked him to come and help get me out quickly. I'm sure he was holding back a huge laugh, Lois's text, to say when he came in and found me folded up in the couch, but he was able to release me a very embarrassing moment. I didn't think that could actually happen. I love the mousetrap reference. That's just really, that was the perfect reference, so... 
uh, outstanding text, but not good enough, eh, Brett? It's a, it was a million to one shot, Doc, just like Fusili Jerry. But no, Tim <laughs> Tim is our winner. Tim says, a couple summers ago, I rode my bike into Fort White and maintenance locked all the gates behind me. Rode to all the gates to get out. Nothing was open. Well, it just so happens Fort, Ro- Fort White was rented out for a wedding. And I ended up running into the wedding party and the groom, and the groom's like, who the hell are you? So I laughed and told him, I was locked in. He told me, well, there's an open bar. So I wedding crashed the rest of the night. Must have been hilarious watching some random guy in bike helmet and bike shorts dancing and having libations. Good times. I just hope it, they were like neon pink <laughs> bike shorts or something, you know. And, and the clip-in shoes. I hope you had to click around in those on the oh. on the fake wood dance floor. <laughs> click, 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 I'm picturing, it was it the 90s, 80s? When did we have the spandex that always had that stripe up the side? Like the neon stripe. 80s? Yeah, because I think I had some of those. Sure you did. (laughs) I did. I didn't have a bike, but I had the stupid shorts. (laughs) That's the thing. Nobody had a bike. And everybody's just cruising around in skin-tight pants. (laughs) So congratulations, Tim. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. You know, I've mentioned this many times over the last few years, but I am the, uh, the proud owner of a pair of special edition Winnipeg Thunder hats. You remember the basketball team from the 90s? Uh, Greg, you got yourself a special edition Bud Grant Winnipeg Blue Bombers hat. And I've also got a pretty snazzy limited edition Winnipeg Jets hat. And they all came from the same place. Yes, Vogue Sportswear. And in fact, that Bud Grant hat, I posted a picture on social media of myself wearing it. Got a like from one Bud Grant. Really? Has a Twitter account, absolutely. Come on. You betcha. So Vogue Sportswear, great local company that makes great clothes, hats, and more, and their latest special edition creation has arrived. Oh, it's so awesome. Montreal Expos. Hello. So, so pleased to welcome on the start this morning, Chris Watchorn, who is, of course, the founder of Vogue Sportswear. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. How are you guys doing? We're well, thank you. It's kind of an obvious question, but uh, I don't know if the answer is so obvious to everybody. Why Why the Expos is the choice for a limited edition hat? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great question. Um, to, to rewind a little bit, I, I came from this idea that we came up with um, called the Post Game Book Club. And I, I, have this, uh, I have this ongoing note in my phone of ambitious and some tangible ideas. Most of them are ambitious. And I had jotted down at some point a uh, book club on there. Um, and it, it came to light again about a year ago. I stumbled across Annie Chipman's Humankind Book Club uh, while on Instagram and, and then didn't do much with it. And then about, uh, I guess, probably six months ago, once we were sort of in that first uh, pandemic lockdown, visiting with friends and, and some of our customers, there just seemed to be this desire for a little bit of a different form of entertainment and personal connection. So uh, that's where this post-game book club came into uh, fruition. And we'd worked with Pedro Martinez um, previously um, in support of his gala. We had done some products for them. So I'd had, that, I'd had his book. I'd read it. Um, so I reached out with him and, and uh, pitched the idea of this sort of uh, social media-based book club. They jumped on board. And then from that, um, it just became evident that his love for the Expos was uh, in line with mine. And, and we uh, talked about collaborating on some Expos product to sort of commemorate his first uh, Cy Young Award in 1997. So uh, the Expos, I had three cards growing up. I had a Ken Griffey Jr. card, I had a Roberto Alomar card, and I had a Pedro Martinez card that I held in high esteem. So it kind of seemed like a, a, a natural fit for us. 
How nice to be throwing a pitch at the Cy Young Award winner from <laughs> 1997. Pedro Martinez, obviously a huge part of the lore of the of the Montreal Expos, the, the best team in baseball to never even get to play a playoff game, but we don't need to go yeah. down that road necessarily. <laughs> but let's go further back even than 1994 yeah. when that season was cancelled and the Expos were, were way ahead in the, in the Na- National League standings. Uh, the Expos do have a local connection and, and all of the special edition hats and t-shirts and stuff as far as I know Chris that you've done in the past have that local connection whether it be to the Jets or the Thunder or the Blue Bombers and uh, the Winnipeg Whips uh, were the Expos farm team back in 69 70 71 it was that part of your decision to pursue this or is that just happenstance yeah, you know what? That was um, that was kind of a neat tie-in um, to the story. We, we've contemplated and we've I've talked with you guys about the idea of working and bringing back the whips thing, and it just it never quite. I didn't seem to have the same sort of connection to that, and I, I like to sort of tell a story that's kind of authentic to to my upbringing and my story. So I've, I've toyed with that because I feel like that would be a, a product that would be super well received. But I didn't have a direct relationship to the whips. That was obviously before my time a little bit, and. Um, but this expo thing was sort of like, I, I felt like I had a more of a personal connection. And then with the idea of, of tying in that, that whips nostalgia of that, yeah, 70, 71 series of triple A ball here in Winnipeg, uh, with the association, it just seemed kind of like a, a cool, uh, full circle to, to do the project here based out of Winnipeg. Now during the pandemic, Chris, I think it's safe to say that, uh, many of us have been desperate to just try to either form new connections or, or hold on to the connections that we have. So the, the connections that you created during the pandemic through this book club, how much did, did that help everyone who got involved with the club? You know, that's a great question. I haven't like pulled necessarily our, our participants. I, I mean, we, we pre-sold the book. Um, we, we donated 50% of the net proceeds to the Pedro Martinez foundation through our collaborative product and the book sales. So um, we sold a number of books through the pre-sale. I, I can't tell you exactly how many people uh, picked up the book, but I know for me, it was sort of just a good outlet away for me to personally like, detach myself from the Netflix default um, at the end of the day and, and sort of keep the mind going. So I had a small group of friends that I connected with over the book and we would, we would text and talk about some of the stories within the book. But I mean, hopefully there was a, a connection made by our participants and hopefully they see value in it. And as we'd like to keep the, uh, keep the projects going over the next year, at least. Well, we like to plug things, especially local things on this show, Chris. I'm just curious, the, the collection went up of these hats on Saturday. How many did you put up for sale and how many are left? Yeah, we, we, uh, we ordered 130. We were about 77, 75, or 77, 78% sold through. Um, so that was great. This, this project was actually supposed to be delivered at the end of November as our Christmas holiday push. But due to the pandemic, things were delayed and we had to change the course of that. But, uh, the response has been amazing. Um, we, we released the hats. We released, uh, an original art print that Pedro graciously signed and inscribed uh, with the Hall of Fame on there. And then we uh, dug into the Louisville archives to recreate his 1997 uh, to spec uh, Louisville slugger bat. So uh, the response has been actually unbelievable. Okay. How do I get my hands on this? <laughs> well, you better go quick, I think. Yeah, no, 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 no. Like I'm talking, I'll be getting on my uh, computer before I leave the building. So uh, actually, I'm going to just type in the the... The website here now go ahead chris yeah we're voke sportswear.com that's v-o-a-k sportswear.com and yeah i'm looking at it right now these are fitted hats as well right they are yeah so if you if you know your size that's great if not uh, take a measurement of the melon and you can uh, pull up a size shirt on google pretty easily <laughs> so what's next for you you mean do you do you have you mentioned that you've got 
several ideas, some of them maybe a little too ambitious. Uh, but, uh, you know, can you give us any sort of hint as to what might be coming down the road? Yeah, yeah. I know I've talked with you a little bit uh, about this next ambitious idea we have. We're working on a golf tournament for this summer. Uh, I won't give away too much, but, uh, yeah, people can keep tabs on us at Volk Sportswear on Instagram or on the website, and hopefully we'll be announcing that in the uh, probably the next month. Um, and then we hope to also, we're going to take a little break for about a month to recharge, and then we'll hopefully have the next book club queued up um, and ready to go. Well, these and Chris, are... sorry, sorry Ryan, I just wanted ahead. to jump in because I think maybe I, maybe I missed you saying it, but part of the proceeds of the sales of these expo hats it, going to charity, is it not? Yeah, you bet. Um, so as we, we worked with the, the foundation, as I mentioned there earlier, about a year and a half ago. Uh, they do two large galas, one in Miami and one in Boston. And this year with the pandemic, it sort of altered the course of what they're capable of fundraising and some of the initiatives that have been core, core projects for them they weren't able to do. So we thought it was a good way to sort of support their continued work in a small way. Um, so yeah, 50% of net proceeds of all the uh, Pedro Martinez Expos product uh, will benefit that. Before we let you go, Chris, how cool is it that you can just like reach out to Pedro Martinez? Like when you said that, I, I didn't realize you just had this personal like, yeah, I, I reached out to Pedro and he he was like, yeah, let's uh, let's let's do this. Yeah, I think I, I mean I, part of it is probably just the the one upside of the pandemic and just people having to reevaluate the way they do business normally. So I think it was probably just a product of timing that they were interested in doing this project with us. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I, like I said, I'm sort of ambitious and, and I mean, there's a lot of ideas that I come up with that are complete and utter failures and I get nowhere with, but, uh, once in a while you get lucky and you get something like this. So hopefully, uh, our first uh, book club can be a case study as we approach a few other athletes that we have connection to in, in reading their books. So if you're, uh, want the blue hat and you're a seven and an eighth, you're out of luck. So, uh, GMAC's going with the white one <laughs> <laughs> with the We're blue sh- bill. Shopping and, as we speak. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm actually clicking, uh, I'm clicking seven, <laughs> eight, I'm buy now. I'm clicking it right now. Chris, I love your stuff. I love the initiative associated with it. And it's, uh, absolutely, uh, always awesome to hear what you're up to. So, uh, thanks for sharing it with us and best of luck. Yeah, I appreciate you guys checking in. I, I also appreciate, um, I guess, the normalcy you guys have provided and the entertainment factor you guys have provided over the, the last uh, number of months. I'm sure there's times where you probably don't feel like getting out of bed or having the energy. And, I mean, everyone's mental health is taking a toll. So thanks for providing some normalcy in our life. Well, Chris, that, thank you, man. That's, uh, that's really thoughtful. And that's one of the reasons why we like having you on. You're a thoughtful, nice guy. And uh, congratulations on another awesome launch. Appreciate it, guys. Chris Watchorn, founder of Voke Sportswear. And that website, once again, it's spelled V-O-A-K, sportswear.com. And another thing, I don't know if you noticed, Greg, but if you look at the side of the hat, uh, there's a little red sort of, at, just at a, at a glance, it looks kind of like a blotch, but it's actually uh, Pedro Martinez pointing to the sky. Oh, yes, one of his uh, trademark moves. Absolutely fantastic. Oh, sorry. Okay. And is it safe to say as well, like when I grew up, I was a, a Blue Jays fan. Sure. I admit it. Yeah. But, you know, I think you know, when they declared themselves, they did declare themselves Canada's team at one point, did they not? Yeah. I don't know. I never paid attention to Blue yeah, Jays. Yeah, but lots of people, I think, for some reason, the nostalgia factor with Expos is so huge that I, I, I don't know. I think a lot of people might say that 
was their team now or you know for for then for now if that makes sense right like the, their their allegiances went that way just out of the pure sadness of not having them around anymore well and the you know for all the victory and the back-to-back world series that the blue jays provided the expos were very winnipeg jets like in delivering yeah. heartbreak yeah, the storyline is so similar. We- basis. So, yeah, the storyline is fairly similar. You're right, Loren. So they say they're and they're beautiful hats as well. So VokeSportswear.com and as well uh, in this collection is that uh, Pedro Martinez, uh, uh, the, the post game book club Pedro Martinez uh, print and as well his bat. So that's pretty cool. Uh, VokeSportswear.com if you want to check that out. Another great Winnipeg. Company, and I will make sure to... I actually was going to wear my Winnipeg Thunder hat today, but I went with the Bombers instead. I'm still bitter that that Bud Grant hat... Oh, my, my skull right. was too big for it. I'm my, <laughs> Apparently, I'm... A, you know, when you call someone, hey, you got a... You fathead. You big melon. You got a big but melon. Honestly, this is why I don't wear ball caps. I'm going to have to try their hats because you guys both speak so greatly about them, but I do not do not wear a ball cap. My head is huge, and it just looks six times the size when I put a ball cap on. Well, see, one of the reasons why I wear a ball cap now every day, Loren, is, is I'm well past when I was supposed to get my hair cut. Yes. So it's just, uh, it's not pretty what's going on. <laughs> So You're hiding. I am hiding. And yeah. if, if this thing goes beyond February 3rd, then I guarantee you something drastic will happen with a pair of clippers. Oh, my. And uh, it'll be a ball cap until I can go see my barber and get him to fix whatever damage I do. Because <laughs> I can't take it anymore. I just can't take it. I need a haircut. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on CJOB. Talk soon.